Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside Banksy on a Super Bowl week. And how about the team avoiding a Sunday game again just so we can watch the big game, Banksy? Nothing exists until Thursday is done. The world <laughs> is, it's, it's an existential existence and there's nothing past that that I can foresee in my life. We take it one game at a time. And it's the 50th match for the Utah Warriors, which is pretty cool. And special to do it against a team that is a an incredible rival without there being a real established rivalry there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always tough going to Seattle when they come here. So it should be an incredible game to uh, ratch up number 50 for the Utah Warriors. And we'll break it down. Tons to talk to you. But regarding the Super Bowl, who are the guys on the team picking to win the game? Take a look. Bengals, no doubt. Go, bro. I don't think about the Super Bowl, but go the Rams. I got to go Bengals, bro. Bengals? I'll go with the Rams. Aaron Donald is a beast. I got the Bengals. Joe Burrow, LSU. We're going from Louisiana. Go Tigers. <laughs> I'm going Rams. I just think their defense is really good. They just take away the time of the quarterback. Rams. Same Louis Rams. Which one is that rating paper? I'll go with the Rams, sure. Yeah, I'll go with the Rams, yeah. I know the quarterback for the Bengals is pretty good, so I'm going to go with them. Bengals. Bengals. All day, dude. Bengals. Go Zebra, Swapilo. I know what that means. Bengals, Joey B. I already know who's gonna win. Bengals. I want the Bengals. This guy Bengals. This guy Jeb Burr. Rams. Rams all the way. 24 Rams. I don't watch football, but I'm gonna say the Rams. Because they're LA and I like LA. Shout out to my LA people. Go Rams. You deserve it. Good luck. That's awesome. Xavier Suofilo is a former Provo uh, resident, Tim Few High, standout football player, played in the NFL, Texans and others. Anyway, who, who do you have, by the way? Bengals and Rams. Defense wins championships, man. I think Aaron Donald, Von Miller, it's too much on that side of the ball. L.A. takes it, I think, in this game. And they're at home. Uh, I will Second go, year in a row, the Super Bowl's right? a home game. Right. Uh, I will go, uh, I'll go Bengals just to mix it up. Look, picking opposite me has worked for you so far. You're ahead in the game count in Major League Rugby. So what the heck do I know? We will get to that. It's very early. It's very (laughs) early. Okay, loaded show. This might be the greatest show we've ever done. Okay, I'm I'm calling it like in minute four. Okay, loaded show. San Diego recap. Okay, Uh, 50th game coming up with Seattle. The film room with Caleb McInerney. The recap of week one, preview of week two in Major League Rugby. Seawolves GM Pate Tuilevuka will join us. Former BYU standout, now the GM of the Seawolves. It'll be fun to catch up with him. We'll preview the matchup with Seattle. Again, it's tomorrow night, Thursday night. This is a quick turnaround from Sunday for both teams, but it should be fun. Then we'll chat with Malachi Fekitoa all the way from England, the former All Black. It'll be fun to chat with him. And the Warriors Minute. This is the debut of the Warriors Minute, I believe, with Ashley Burge. So let's jump right in. 31-29 loss, disappointing result, but... Getting two bonus points for scoring four more tries and being within seven in a loss. That was a, that was a win. If you can't win, at least get the two points. I mean, you always want to win the game, right? And this game I kind of felt like was decided in the first 40 minutes. It was a tough adjustment for the Warriors to make with the uh, Legion coming in and deciding to be physical up front and attack the Warriors at the breakdown. So some big adjustments to be made for Dubs to uh, take it to Seattle in week two. Okay, let's recap it. It's 5-3 at halftime. We're going to skip the boring stuff, get right to the scoring. Second half, San Diego scores two tries in the first seven minutes. Utah was playing catch-up at that point, never ultimately caught up. Bjorn Bassan, Nate Oxberger uh, to go up 17-3. to At that point, it felt like 
okay, maybe the comeback kids do it again. And they almost did. What do you, what did you think in those first couple of minutes of the second half Banksy as San Diego scored two tries in seven minutes? You know, there was about 60 seconds worth of time where I thought this is either going to go really well and the Warriors are going to put up a fight and we're going to see that resiliency that we're used to seeing from our boys and, you know, the cardiac kids and all the other names that we've given them, or it was about to be a bloodbath. Thankfully, the Warriors showed up in the fashion that we're used to seeing them and made it a really close contest and they were into it right until the end. Okay, after 17-3, some scoring happens, right? Mikey Teo scores a try for the Warriors in the 57th minute. By the way... It's like a 95-meter try to make it 17-10. I mean, I don't even know how long that pitch is on the sports deck exactly, but it was almost as long as you can have. Check this out. This was insane. So you got, I mean, obviously San Diego driving, they'd put together some phases, and uh, as the ball works out, they recycle quickly, which was part of the Utah Warriors' plan and giving the, uh, giving the home team really the advantage in the way they set this up as that ball goes out. And then you'll see as the play comes through the back line and this develops, the defensive line shoots up here quick. And then that's when the, uh, the skip ball and the intercept, I think, is made here as, as this play develops. I'm just glad we have video. I'm not referring to the last video. I'm referring to the feed from... <laughs> here it Sunday. is right here. Boom. There were times we didn't get the feed. And look at Mikey Teo on his horse. He gets to the 22. He's like, you know what? I'm going to gear down here. Oh, it's not a defender. It's the ref chasing me. So, I mean, it's great. You know, uh, anytime you can make Scott Green run the length of the field, you've done well to, to try and put it on him in the pink shirt there. But uh, great to see Mikey. And that's just a rugby IQ play, knowing the skip ball was yep. coming with the quick line speed on the defense and then, uh, you know, puts the Warriors in a position to keep it close. Okay. Uh, ben Mitchell added, uh, you know, score in the 73rd. San Diego's up two scores. It's getting late in the game. But then there was hope because Mikey Teo does it again. A uh, tipped pass out from Ma'anono. 40 meters, hands off to Caleb McAnee for another try in the 81st. And it felt like at this point, ah, the game's probably over. But little did we know, no, we'd be playing another eight minutes here, another seven minutes. There was a lot of extra time made. And, you know, to the Warriors' credit, they used every single minute of it, forcing penalties deep in San Diego territory. And really the difference in coming away with two points and coming away with three was a converted kick. That's exactly right. So, unfortunately, Cleveland Lobster misses this penalty. And little do we realize we're going to have enough extra time to where <laughs> that could have been a game-tying situation. All good. Um, six minutes into extra time, Tuveri Vungakoto after penalty, after penalty, after penalty against San Diego. Scott Green was extending the game. I think he thought it was Seattle and, and uh, Utah from a couple years ago. But uh, there's a score. It's, it's 31-27 at this point. Lobster makes the conversion. And in the end, it's like, hey – Two bonus points for that fourth try late and then getting within seven. So that was good. Obviously, if Cliven makes that, if he goes 100% from all of the uh, conversions, it's a tie game. But it's not the worst thing in the world to come out with two. And it was notable that, you know, U Utah did what they did, which is get bonus points. Even in losses, Banksy, this is how the Warriors got into the playoffs last year. You know, they were the number, getting bonus points. the number one team in the league last year in bonus points, you know, home and away for scoring tries and keeping games close. So it was great to see. And worthy noting, too, San Diego didn't make their kicks as well. Windy conditions up on the, the, the top of the parking garage there where they're playing at SDSU. So uh, tough conditions for everybody. You know, it was no fault of of Clivens and his abilities. Yeah. He was bombing some kicks and really yeah. kind of showed out well with the boot. but. Tough conditions to kick in.
Went three for four, I think, on conversions. Had a penalty as well. So we had a nice day kicking. I believe four of six overall. Let's take a look at some of the stats in this one. And by the way, San Diego, in four of the six games against Utah, scored exactly 31. I don't know what it is about that number. Okay, what of these numbers sticks out to you? Uh, really, the uh, the penalties conceded, and I don't think that's I don't really see that up there. Utah gave away I think seven more penalties, eight more penalties than uh, San Diego did. Specifically in that, as we went through like the first sixty minutes, they were able to make the adjustment and clean it up at the end. But that was the biggest one to me that stands out. And second to that is the breakdown steals. It was Seriously. really obviously San Diego's game to attack Utah at the breakdown, slow down the speed that they wanted to play. You know, Utah wants to play fast, sideline to sideline. It's no secret how we want to attack you with the weapons that we have. And they had a great game plan and executed it really well with Pryor, um, Rob Shaw, and Tommy Lau and the loose forwards really going after it at the breakdown. Yeah, breakdown steals, camp seven. You get, like Utah was doing nice things offensively and then would cough it up. So hopefully they can uh, find to that. And I know Sean Davies uh, addressed that this week. Okay, first 15, one warrior makes it. Caleb McInerney, uh, congratulations. His first, you know, cap with the Warriors, and he makes it as the, the top fullback of week one. I thought he was great on debut, you know, ran good lines and support, was always involved in, in trying to get his teammates involved. So exciting things to come as that back three, you know, with Mikey Teo now out on the wing, Caleb, and whoever else plays on the opposite side, whether it's Mika or James Fifale or like the 32 other weapons that they have in the back row in the back uh the back three there for the utah warriors some really fun combinations that should score some tries as the season goes on speaking of caleb mckinney here's uh what he had to say about some of the game in the film room uh yes yeah, so we we pretty much we're having to make a play here i mean we're down 14 points and not much time left, so we're just backing um, our D. And obviously, like Mikey already made a good read throughout the game, um, got us intercepted, got us back in the game. A scrum like this is always hard to defend, like we're just trying to do our best efforts to make a read. Yeah, like he didn't get the best pass, and Mikey was on the on the money for read, so it ended up playing the top player. He just hands off the ball to me, and I'm just lucky that I had the legs to get there. Has McKenna with him. It's going to be a race to the try line. Caleb McKenna on the horse across and down. I'm pretty confident that I'm going to make it there, but yeah, like I said, it's a 100 meter dash and the 80, so my legs are definitely um, feeling it. But yeah, that's hence why I got pushed out a little bit towards the 15. I had my time again, probably would have tried to go a bit more closer to under the stakes. But. The rookie from New Zealand finds the try for Utah. We got it, we couldn't take the win, but we're definitely pretty happy with um, how we... There you go, Caleb McInerney scoring that uh, impressive try. And that one, looking forward to him throughout the season. He's going to make a massive difference in the back three there. You know, there's a lot of pieces that have moved around and uh, familiar faces in different places, even in that starting 15. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the chemistry shakes out as these different playmakers continue to make the adjustments and just get time on the pitch together with the ball in hand to develop that anticipation and that chemistry that you look for in your attack. Okay, let's look at the rest of the scores from round or week one in Major League Rugby. Atlanta takes out D.C. 55-22. Blowout City. Uh, Austin defeats Dallas 43-7. Welcome to the League Jackals. Houston with the upset of the week over the defending champs, L.A. New England took down NOLA. And uh, Seattle beat Toronto 21-8. 
You know, I thought Seattle looked really good as we look forward to this week. You know, they, uh, they've kind of reeled it in and gone back to the basics a little bit with their structure. You know, they looked solid, you know, obviously as we look ahead to the upcoming match, I think the other team that obviously surprised a lot of people was how steady and strong that Houston looked on both sides of the ball and really starving LA of possession and kind of putting a playbook together for how to attack that team. Seriously, that was a big surprise that Houston, who, which really struggled last year, comes out of the gates and beats L.A. L.A., by the way, uh, going up to Toronto. So this could be an interesting start for the Guiltinis. Okay, so we made some picks last week. You went two for three. You missed L.A., Nola, Toronto. I missed L.A. So I had a good week. But some, it's, it's Sometimes early. it's better to be lucky than good, Jerem Jordan. I don't know. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's what the second place guy says. Okay, let's check out the standings. <laughs> let's check out the standings. So Austin and San Diego get five pointers in the West. Seattle and Houston won. Uh, you know, didn't get that bonus point. Utah, despite the loss, gets two points. And listen, you could be LA and Dallas with zero, right? Um, Utah gets those bonus bonus points in the East. Rugby ATL, the only five pointer. New England with four. Rug, uh, rugby United New York didn't play. And then Nola, Toronto, and Old Glory DC. None of them got a bonus point. So Utah's the only losing team to get a bonus point? Is that what we just learned right here? <laughs> that is absolutely, I think, what we learned. And, you know, the the shield here in Major League Rugby has always run through the West, and I think that trend continues, you know, with Rugby ATL still being the, the cream that rises in the East and who's going to trail them. I'd look for Toronto to look really good uh, as they continue to press forward throughout the year, being able to play at home for them this year is going to be massive rather than playing away in Atlanta through the COVID year last year. So uh, there's no easy weeks in major league rugby. We learned that from week one and uh, the experts know nothing. <laughs> yeah. So-called experts over here. Uh, yeah, gonna... <laughs> Calling me an expert is, is nothing that should be ever done by anyone. <laughs> I'm an amateur expert. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's look at the, the games this week and we'll make our picks. Okay. We don't pick Warriors games. We always assume the Warriors are going to win. Come on. Uh, Toronto at LA. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go LA on the rebound here with this, even going to Canada. Um, I think there's a lot of pride and a lot of resiliency in that team. And, uh, even with the strengths of Toronto and the physicality of that pack, I think there's too much creative playmaking in the LA offense. Yeah. LA hard to pick against them to lose back to back. Right. We don't know when Matt Gateau is going to come back. It sounds like he didn't play in the last game. Um, I thought it was retired. No, no, no. He's, he's still playing. Okay, uh, next game, Legion and Jackals. Um, I'm probably going to pick against the Jackals until they win, just as an expansion team. I know they're going to get their feet under their, uh, you know, their legs underneath them soon, but I'll go San Diego on that one. I'll agree with you in San Diego. You know, the way they looked in week one and the structure that they have and the ability to play, you know, big and, and physical if they need to up front, but also to spread you out and uh, kill you with speed with guys like Bjorn Basson on the outside. So I think San Diego takes it in that one as well. I'll go Rooney against Houston. Uh, Rooney, only team that didn't play. There's always one team that doesn't play, right, with 13 in the league. Rooney over Houston. See, and I'll pick Houston uh, with this one at home. I think the new pieces there in Houston have been fantastic. I think they had great training camp. They've come out and looked like the sharper team. And uh, Rugby United New Jersey got to travel after being away. They do have the extra week of preparation, but I think there's still some rust to knock off of there. So Houston definitely has the momentum in that match. Was that an accident or on purpose? Rugby United, New Jersey? Well, they're, they're playing in New Jersey all year this year. <laughs> Hashtag right. just Ro saying. Don't Ro at me. Rooneage. Rooneage. Uh, <laughs> take it on Houston. Okay. Rugby ATL. Rugby ATL is really good, dude. Like right now, right now, after week one, they might be the best team in the league. LA's 
thinking, hey, we won. You got to go through us. But rugby ATL looks good, man. I'll, I'll go ATL in the next one. I think rugby ATL takes that as well. Even playing in New Orleans, uh, they really looked sharp and a really well-prepared and well-coached team. Despite all the changes and turmoil that they've gone through, they really put it down on the field. Okay. And then uh, Austin and Old Glory DC, who you got? I'm going to pick Austin in that one. Uh, for as much as I don't like to pick that rival out of Texas and uh, and and give them any credit, that's a good physical rugby team that I think yeah. just has too much uh, power and size for Old Glory DC. I'm going to go DC in an upset here on the road. Yeah, so we have a couple different ones. Okay, here I think we go. You, pick, uh, you you pick just to be contrarian. Look, I can't argue it worked for you in week one, man. Well, and to mix it up, if we're, we we'd only have one difference. If I didn't do that, we need at least two. Come on, man. It's fine. Everything's right, fine. Let's bring in, uh, you know, he's a he's a homie of the program. Homie of the Warriors, you know, on the Seawolves. Pate Tui Lavuka, former BYU All-American. USA Eagle who played with uh, Kimball Carey. He's now the Seattle Seawolves general manager, head of the Seawolves-Utah game tomorrow night. What's up, Pate? How you doing, man? What's up? What's up, everybody? How you guys doing, man? We're doing good. good. We're good doing good. good. We're excited to have first you off, on. I was going to say, first off, I just want to give a shout out to the best fans in the league, man. The Dub Nation. Seattle, Seattle Seawolf fans. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Warriors fans feel like they're the best. So, no, it's it's great that I, I think these two fan bases, Pate, are the ones that are number one in attendance, right? So, yes. Starfire, yes. awesome place to watch a match. Zion's Bank, yeah. awesome place to watch a match. It, it should be fun tomorrow night. No, it is. I mean, uh, you know, we're so fortunate up here to be able to play at Starfire and the fans come out. Man, Seattle's a special place for those that, you know, haven't been here. They know, like, uh, when you come out, those that have been, you come out, the fans, they're just electricity from the fans. Uh, you know, they they make it uh, exciting to be a player. I'll tell you that. Uh, it's, a, it's a great place to play, and you want to do well for the fans, regardless of, uh, you know, how things are going. Uh, I know last year when we struggled quite a bit, the fans were always supportive. And so I would consider them the best fans in the league. So, <laughs> Well, with that flag flying behind you, you can go ahead and say that, but we know where the truth really is and it's in red and black, baby. Let's flash back to your time here in Utah. Uh, talk about playing at BYU and what the program has meant to you over the years and some of the connections you still have here at home in, uh, in the state of Utah. Uh, man, uh, you know, Utah, BYU is always, Utah is a special place for me because I started off at BYU. Uh, to be honest, you know, I, I got onto the team uh, with uh, Coach Smith. Coach Smith uh, coaching the team, uh, it, man, it was a great experience. We had a really good team back then, you know, the likes of Salas Isika and, and, and others that have come through. Um, we had a really good year. We, uh, my first year there, we lost the uh, University of Utah in the semifinals. But then the second year, we made it all the way to the finals only to lose to Cal. Uh, I was a transfer from Idaho. So, uh, you know, I only played two years at BYU. Uh, but but while I was there, I mean, it, it really uh, propelled my rugby career. It's a great place to play. The state of Utah is is full of uh, great rugby players. So, yes, yes, it is, which is fun. Okay, so yeah. were you were you really Russell Wilson's bodyguard at some point? Is that true? <laughs> uh, yes, maybe. Yeah, no, I was. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was. So, uh, you know, just to give you a background of how I uh, came out here, after BYU, I ended up playing in Europe. I went to, uh, you know, my wife and I moved to Ireland, where I ended up playing for Galwegians and Connacht. And then, you know, into my second, third year, I came back to the Seattle. And I, um, I, I was playing for the U.S. at the time, and I broke my leg playing against Tonga in Argentina. And while I was here, I started, uh, you know, um, working for Cerevi Rugby at the time. I was given an opportunity, and, and you know, while I was at Cerevi Rugby, interactions with, you know, the, the Seahawks, they started adopting, like, you know, the rugby tackling and all that. Uh, you know, Cerevi Rugby changed the out of us. And uh, during that time, you know, I, I ran into uh, Russell, um, you know, we ran into each other one time. I think it was Will Tukwafu, who lives in Utah. He he helped introduce me to uh, to Russ, and uh, we. That's actually the first day we met. That picture right there. Uh, I, we met in the locker room for uh, the Seawolves uh, Seahawks locker room, and we kind of hit it off. And uh, you know, he asked me. He said, "Hey, you know, why don't you come work for me?" and at first, I was kind of, you know, apprehensive, uh, but eventually I did, and I did everything from, you know, managing his house to being his bodyguard to everything else. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it's an experience I'm grateful for. Kind of prepared me for, you know, where I'm at today. So, it was awesome. awesome. Have you gotten <laughs> he and his wife out to any Seawolves games? I would love to. I'd love to. Russ knows, you know, I'd love to. He would love to have him come out uh, uh, to watch the game. I think he, he would have made a great rugby player, to be honest. He's where would you put game. him in a starting 15 if you had to choose? Man, where would I put him? Probably, man, he'd be a good, uh, believe it or not, he'd be a good center. Be a good center. He, he's, uh, you know, low to the ground. He's very shifty uh, and he has enough skills and uh I mean, you see how he scrambles in the pocket. Uh, so he's he's aware of everything that's happening around him, you know. So he'd make a good, you know, twelve or thirteen, and he could take 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 the you know he's physical enough to to take the heat. So <laughs> I love it, and I'm a Seahawks fan. I love Russ. Yeah, hey, I got, I got go. a jersey the whole deal. I love Russ. He's great. Uh, <laughs> should should be a fun game uh, tomorrow night. Obviously, coming off a win against Toronto for the SeaWolves, Utah coming off a close loss to San Diego, so. What are your thoughts on the matchup between these two teams early in the season? Man, Utah is, you know, we, Utah is a great team. I mean, you guys had an amazing season last year. Uh, you know, you just, you know, short of making it to the final. Probably the only team that gave a full strength, uh, you know, uh, LA side uh, a, a good match, you know, a good run. So for tomorrow, for us, you know, in Seattle, one of the things that we're trying to do is focus on ourselves. Um, focus on what we have and try to strengthen ourselves. I think it'll be a good game as always. Uh, you guys somehow tend to play us really hard down here. You, I think you've gotten the best of us the last two matchups, right? Yes. Uh, and so, you know, we're looking to, I think for the Seawolves, I know for the Seawolves, if we focus on ourselves and do what we do best and continue to play like we did last week, uh, you know, I'm expecting us to do well so and come out with a win. <laughs> I want to send a big shout-out, by the way, to your guy, Rhino Herbst. I know he just had a baby, and uh, congratulations yes. to him, the big second rower. Uh, always good to see the rugby family continue to grow, you know? 
No, Rhino, man, congratulations to Rhino and the family, bro. He's a, he's, he's a beast. We love him. We love him out here. So thank you for that. Well, Pate, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks for taking a couple minutes. Uh, should be a weird Thursday night, five <laughs> days into the week's game, you know, and it's been down to the wire, super dramatic. Road team yes. won last year, so yes. should be a fun I, game tomorrow night. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I, uh, like I said, you know, I have a special place for Utah because I went to school there, but uh, Seattle's home. I got to, you know, and, uh, you know, we we love it out here, but, uh, you know, good luck to the season. Uh, obviously, after you play us, after we, you know, after we win, <laughs> good, luck. good luck to the rest of the season. So hopefully we'll see you guys again in the uh, Western Conference Finals, but I appreciate you having me on. Okay, thanks, Pate. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Pate. Tuilevuka, former BYU All-American, Seattle Seawolves general manager. Yeah, hey, listen, he's, he's, he's competitive. He's coming in. Hey, shout out to the best fans in the league, Seattle. It's like, hey, this is Dub Nation. You love the banter from him. He's so competitive, you know, and love to it. watch him play up through the ranks there in Seattle too, you yeah. know, where he started as a player, Obviously, his connections to Serevi Rugby, and then he was coaching in the division leagues for Seattle and the clubs as a player and coach, and then now to have those stripes as a general manager. It's just so cool to see for one of the best guys in American rugby. 100%. Thanks to uh, Pop and the, for joining the program. And the former body double for Russell Wilson. Right? That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. That, I didn't misspeak on that either. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to make sure that you catch those Utah Warriors in action and show the entire world who the best fan base in Major League Rugby is, make sure you get a hold of your 2022 flex packages and season tickets. All of your ticket packages are available at 801-477-7652. With the flex packages, you can pick your games and when you want to be there to see your Utah Warriors in action because a full season pack ticket package doesn't always work for everybody. Make it the gift you give your sweetheart for valentine's day all right hey there you go that's exactly what she wants right let's go okay so let's preview the matchup uh utah at seattle tomorrow night starfire stadium oh ali khalifi in the photo that's good production that's really good the former seawolf <laughs> i like that uh in tuckwilla washington 8 30 mountain time this is a late one this is a real late one here locally uh tv kmyu streaming kslsports.com and the rugby network this one's on espn 700 no 960 tomorrow night and because it's a Thursday night, Banksy, we know the lineups. We know the lineups. So uh, a couple of changes from week one. Tuveri Mungakoto is going to start. Angus McClellan will start at tight head as we check out, out the lineups here. Uh, Puna Vuli is going to get in there, which is great. Niall Saunders is going to start at scrum half. What kind of difference do you expect uh, maybe to pick up from the second half into this game, hopefully offensively? You know, I think there's a lot of minutes there to be had from Saunders. Uh, he played really well in that second half, take nothing away from DC. And anything that happened in that first half wasn't really on him not getting clean ball out. It was, you know, the, the attack at the breakdown. But I think Saunders showed a real steady hand there. And it'll be great to see him at the helm and continue to develop that relationship and chemistry on both sides of the ball with Cliff and Lobster as they direct both the offense and the defense. The other notable uh, mention is Mika Cruce is hurt, so he's out. James Wifale in at wing. And then we might see the debut of Connor Burns, uh, the uh, second-round pick by the Warriors, off the bench. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Okay, let's talk about series history. 2-3-1 and one against Seattle, although Utah has won the last two in Seattle. It used to be, like, super hard to win there. Utah's done it dramatically, like, really dramatically, the last two games up there. 
You know, uh, Seattle's always a tough team to play. They're so well-rounded, and that Pacific Northwest has been such a hotbed of growth for national team players uh, as well as Canadian players in the Vancouver region. So there's a ton of rugby been played there for a really long time, and the quality of the Seattle Seawolves has, has really shown that over the years. You know, uh, I expect this one to be close. Think shades of last year, Calvin Whiting standing in the rain, Ali Khalifi under the posts. Uh, you know, yep. ready to celebrate with his boys and uh, closing it out in the rain. It's a, always a tough place to play, but I would look for the Warriors on the rebound to really make a statement in the West. Okay, it's coming up tomorrow night, 8.30 Mountain Time, as we mentioned. Okay, tonight's second guest is a big name in the game. He plays center for Wasps in the English Premiership. He has won a Super Rugby and World Cup. He is Malachi Fekitoa joining us from England earlier. I'm really good, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, obviously a lot to talk about. We'll talk about your rugby career and your connections to Utah here in a second. But first off, uh, you have you know connections to Utah, and I know those are meaningful to you. And also, you're from Tonga, and obviously what happened with the volcano and the tsunami are, are really close to your heart. And you've done some great work with fundraising to try and help some family and friends back home. Tell us more about that. Um, yeah, so uh, obviously, you know, it's been a tough couple of weeks. Uh, you know, uh, communication was out, um, you know, with uh, the volcano and tsunami and, and all that. Um, but, um, you know, I've sit here uh trying to get back to playing rugby again uh post injuries and uh and uh obviously um been working hard uh, behind the scene of trying to generate some funds so we can hopefully uh, uh send supplies back home in the next few weeks at least uh to help out some families so you actually got together with your club at uh, london wasps there and had almost like a testimonial game for tonga right and you guys Raised over $16,000 for a Tongan relief there to send supplies back. Did the club approach you after you started fundraising for that? Or did you have to go to them to talk about doing the match and, and donating a, a portion of those proceeds? Yeah, look, you know, this is uh, the best thing about rugby. You know, uh, rugby is, a, you know, it's, it's a family sport, you know, and, you know, um, that people around are always very supportive. And uh, this is the, the, the great thing about being here. Uh, I've been very lucky in in the in uh, in the past few couple of weeks, and uh, you know it was all instinct for me. I started the fundraising. You know, I knew that um, you know now uh, obviously I can't uh, do anything from here in the UK. Um, I might as well do something while I'm waiting to hear from my families and and friends and and people from back home. So I decided to start the the fundraising, and um, overnight, you know, the sport has been, you know through the roof and uh, that's when all like platforms and, and the media got a hold of uh, us. And I think that's when Wasp, uh, um, you know, that's what they do all the time is helping the guys and, um, you know, uh, they did and uh, they approached me and, and started to come up with a plan. So we, um, lucky enough, I was about to return to play as well. So they dedicate that game to uh, to the people back home and and, you know, it was honestly mental to see so many people came out. I think in one of our biggest crowd in 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 uh, the season so far, and and it was great to see. That's amazing. And uh, what what's it been like with connecting with people back home? Have you been able to talk to some family and friends? Yeah, it took um, you know, just like any all the you know 
I understand that, you know, all the Tongans there in, in the US as well have been waiting. You know, I wasn't the only one. Uh, it took, I think, about five, six days until uh, I connected to my sisters in the mainland. And, uh, you know, and then I think about 10 to 12 days until I uh, heard from my mom, you know, which was very important for me, um, you know, had a, a call uh, over a satellite phone. And, um, you know, it was, I think it was, you know, the, the whole thing was, uh, it was, it was tough just, you know, not knowing what's going on back home and just reading the news, you know, uh, it was just blackout, you know, and um, just sitting here, um, uh, help, you know, knowing that everyone at home are struggling to um, just get help and, and things like that, you know, and um, and just after, you know, getting the communication back, it was uh, just a, a huge relief for me. And, uh, you know, that kind of made me relax a little bit and, and start to focus on, obviously go back to work and, and start playing rugby. Yeah. So what's next now? Obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of money that's been raised. The fundraiser is not closed yet to send building supplies, cleaning supplies, food and clean water over. How can fans, friends and family members here in America help out with what you're doing and, and donate and make a difference for all of those people who are still in Tonga, literally trying to rebuild from the ground up? Yeah. Look, you know, um, I know a lot of uh, questions comes, you know, when, uh, you know, it's been a, a three weeks for three, two or three weeks now so far and we haven't uh, uh, closed the page yet only because I wanted to make sure that we get as much help as we can. And uh, I'm, that's why I'm super grateful to you guys uh, for having me, you know, so hopefully we can get more uh, help as we can from over that side, you know, because um, maybe towards the end of this week, we'll close the page. And uh, so, you know, whoever is out there, they can help us out. There would be uh, a huge, you know, to help a family back home. And uh, what are we going to do is to uh, uh, get supplies. Obviously, right now, uh, you know, a lot of aids have arrived in the last couple of weeks, you know, UK, uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, China and Japan are already there, you know, and all of these helps are, are massive and, you know, they are there now. And I, I believe, um, you know, once I think six, four to six months later on, I think that's when it gets tough for the people there, you know, because all this will go away soon. And, and that's when we come in and, uh, you know, I'm from back home. I grew up, I was born and raised in Tonga in Hapai and I've seen it firsthand, you know, uh, the way things work, you know, things will get, you know, will delay and uh, it will take a long time to rebuild back. And, uh, you know, I think the, the people back home will need as, as much help as they can. And um, I think that's when we come in. Uh, by the help of my my um, agency, uh, Rugby Agents, they are based in New Zealand, Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, so we're going to, we just officially um, sign up with, uh, you know, supermarket there, club, uh Clemores, I think, or Beck and Save as well, and, and Mitre 10. So they are our suppliers, and uh, we're going to start back up uh, things soon in the next couple of weeks uh, towards the end of this month and then uh, send it home. And I think, it'll, you know, it'll be massive because uh, later on, I think this is when people need uh, things the most. Absolutely. And we encourage everybody, if you haven't already, to uh, go to the GoFundMe and donate if you can and help out, uh, you know, everyone in Tonga, which you've done great work so far. Hey, we have till the end of the week, right? Let's get some more. 
Okay, let's talk about your connections with with Utah. And, uh, you know, I know you got a brother out here doing some good work with rugby as well. Yeah, so, you know, I think uh, I've always wanted to uh, come out there and visit. I've never been to Utah. I've uh, I've grew up, obviously, in the LDS, and, you know, a whole, whole family I was born and raised into it. Uh, my my brother and my sister over there with, uh, you know, with their little beautiful families. Uh, they've lived there for many years now. I've always wanted to come visit. But, um, but yeah, this, you know, they've been there now and my brother, uh, you know, both of them are into sport. Uh, they put their kids, uh, the beautiful kids into, uh, you know, uh, football and also rugby as well. And um, yeah, you know, I've heard uh, many great things about Utah. Um, you know, they, just, they talk about sport like, you know, uh, people are honestly, you uh, you know, really love uh, this, you know, either football or rugby over there. And um, I'm hoping one day I can come over and visit. And uh, yeah. Can I put this plug in instead of coming over and visit? How come you come over and sign with the Warriors and, uh, and get a good run? Like, we've seen Ma do it. We've seen, you know, Rob Shaw do it. We've seen Tendai do it. Let's add Malachi Fekitawa to the list. <laughs> yeah, I would love to, man. You know, um, yeah, I would love to. You know, just have to put in the good words into the, uh, you know, those guys, and I'll come come over. Hey, we got connections, bro. We can pull some yeah, strings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're playing for Wasps right now in the Premiership. You're going to make the uh, switch to Munster later. Um, what's it been like to play all over the world? Obviously, with Tonga and the All Blacks and France and the UK and Asia. Yeah. Look, um, you know, first, uh, you know, this was uh, a dream. You know. Um, I grew up in, in, we all know, uh, I think you heard from because all around there, Tonga is this small country uh, made out of 100,000 people. And uh, we all, you know, rugby is the main sport and we all wanted to uh, to be a professional rugby players, uh, you know. And, and when we grew up and, you know, we inspired to be that. And uh, I was very lucky and, you know, to, to have my first, uh, professional contract I was very very uh, grateful and I was you know probably one of the happiest day of my life you know and you know and proudest day as well for my family you know putting through uh, you know all this time of, of hard work and dedication and then finally achieve it was honestly an unbelievable feeling so you know now 10 over 10 years later I'm still playing the game you know and um, honestly um, you know I'm still super grateful that I'm, I'm still be able to compete at the highest level and and honestly it's been a up and down amazing experience you know um you know taught me a lot of lessons as well um and you know some of the lessons i wish i learned what i know now is is um i wish i learned that when i was younger as well if you if you know me you know if you if you feel me you know um you know but i think this this life you know and uh, i think that's the um some of the great thing about the game, you know, uh, you'll learn wherever you go, you'll always uh, learn new things. And uh, I think it comes down to me as well, understanding myself as well, uh, um, you know, learning to let go of things and just enjoy the, the journey. And uh, that's what I've had so far. And um, yeah, it's, you know, in every place in, in, in New Zealand, um, you know, rugby is, is you know, it's everything to people and to France, uh, you know, who are like a big, big country. And there you are living the life and, and still playing the game. And now I'm in England and, um, 
you know, honestly, it's it's some of the craziest uh, experience I've had in my life, and I'm um, I'm honestly super grateful that I'm still be doing it at, at, at this, to this day. So let's talk about. I know you and lots of other high-profile internationals that have been capped specifically for New Zealand and a lot of the Australian guys with the new eligibility rules about changing that allegiance because obviously playing in the UK now, you're not eligible for all-black selection. But there's a bunch of you guys that could switch your allegiance with the new eligibility back to Tonga and play for your home country. How would that be to put on that red strip? Yeah, it's a good question there. Um, Is that something you've thought um, about? I have. I have actually, yeah. I have. Um, Look, you know, Growing up in Tonga, you know, All Blacks is just right next door and, and the Wallabies as well. So you watch it all over TV, you know, um, you know, you see those guys on TV, you're like, I want to be like them. And um, like, honest, to be honest with you, that's all we strive for. And every young kid back in Tonga and New Zealand as well all want to be an All Black or, or play for Australia, you know, because we want a, a better life for our families and, you know, we want to, um, we, we want to, you know, a better life for our, our, our future as well. And, um, you know, I'm always grateful to uh, New Zealand for all their development and, um, you know, for all the the learnings and, and also the opportunity as well they've given me. I'm always going to be super grateful for that because without the All Blacks or the people back in New Zealand, I wouldn't be where I am today and I want to be helping uh, people and also my family as well. And, and I wouldn't, you know... Um, I think to being an Oblig was probably the, uh, you know, it's a big pinnacle of rugby. I, I, I see it, you know, and the, and the World Cup as well. So I, I see it, it's, it's huge and it's a massive, you know, huge honour for me. My family was honestly were proud and uh, even though we're Tongan. But I think it's, uh, you know, I think people see it, diff- you know, People will, will say, uh, you know, there's a negative uh, into this rule changing, you know. I've already represented one country. And I think it's, uh, I think there's a, a lot more positive than negatives into this, you know. I see it as a, a way to, uh, you know, for the game to grow. I see it for uh, more opportunities for the, the tier two, two nations. And, um, you know, obviously now I can't play for the Oblix because I'm playing over here trying to, to make a living for for my family, my future, uh, you know, because we never, like I said before, we're all from the smaller islands. We never born into money. There's no heritage here or, or anything like that, you know. So um, I say I have to sacrifice my dream and everything I've uh, have achieved and experienced to secure my future, you know. And um, you know, while I'm playing here, yes, okay, um, I can't play for New Zealand anymore. I've learned so much over the years. I've had, I've gained so much experience, um, you know, a, a lot of knowledge about the game. Why can't I help others, you know? And that's when uh, this rule uh, change, uh, you know, come in and, and then people like myself, you know, there's honestly guys like Israel Flau and, and Charles Detail who are honestly uh, maybe top two guys in the world now currently playing club rugby. You know, people uh, pay big money just to come watch them in club rugby, you know. So uh, to see those guys as well in in in, in international level again would be um, unreal. And I think that's the good thing about this uh, 
rule change. And I think as well, it will inspire the young generation, you know, the, the next guys to come in and be like, oh, I want to be like that guy and don't have to, uh, you know, or maybe we can build a, a, a foundation or showcase, uh, you know, while we're showcasing our talent, we can open doors for those younger guys coming through uh, and give them a better opportunities than we first than when we first started. So I think that's the whole uh, the great thing about the rule change, and I hope everyone's get excited about that because uh, I am. And um, so yeah, looking forward to it. To be honest, yeah. We talked to uh, Malachi Fekitoa, former All Black center, playing with the Wasps in England. Let's finish with this: the Super Bowl is this week. I don't know if you played Gridiron, if you like it, American football. Who you got this week? The Bengals. Or the Rams? Jeez. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, I, I want to say I, I love uh, NFL. I followed every, uh, almost every Super Bowl. You know, obviously, it's all over social media. Uh, but I, I've i been following um, uh, OBJ. You know, you know, I love his style. He's, he's, he's yeah, just like really, really cool skill, skill set and expect that, uh, you know, he does some amazing th- uh, things uh, in the past few years. And great to see him out uh, and making it to the Super Bowl. So I'll go with the Rams, uh, just because he, I, sort of follow him all over social media. So I kind of know him. Uh, his, his fashion, you know, he's he's into fashion as well and music and all these things. So um, uh, him and Aaron Donald, um, you know, ninety nine. I think he's a great, very defensive guy, and you know, I like to base my game around him as well. So, so yeah. I'll go for the Rams. Sorry if you go with the uh, Bengals. Yeah, hey, it's their home stadium. This is just the second time the the uh, home team is playing in their own stadium, which is pretty cool. Last oh, yeah. year it was the Bucks with Tom Brady. So there oh, you go, awesome, Malachi. We yeah. appreciate the time, man. Best of luck with Wasps. I know you're coming off an injury and getting back into it. Best of luck with the GoFundMe, and uh, we appreciate you taking a few minutes all the way from England. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you. Absolutely awesome to see Malachi Fekitoa there and uh, all the work that he's put in and yeah. for his club and the entire community to get around and support the Tongan Relief Fund. It was super great to, to talk with, you know, former All Black World Cup winner. And uh, if you want to donate, you can still check the link out. I know we have the link up in the comments as well. If you just want to click on that and make a donation to uh, help Malachi and his fundraising to continue to send support because they're going to need it for a long time to the Kingdom of Tonga. Great cause. Great dude. Fun talking to all our guests today. Um, Great show, and we look forward to the game tomorrow night. We have the game tomorrow night. We don't have to wait till the end of the week. Let's go. Okay, uh, that'll do it for us. Like and share this episode of Dumb Nation. Follow the Utah Warriors on social media. For Pate Tuilavuka, Malachi Fekitoa, Billy the producer, and Banksy, I'm Jerem Jordan. Go Warriors!